Welcome to life on earth. Welcome to life on earth. Welcome to life on earth. Well, hello, you good people. Welcome to Life on Earth for Thursday, October 20th. This show could get a little bit toxic. Let me tell you. And I'm going to skip the usual introduction and go right into it because Amy Naser and I were recently interviewed. We were interviewed. Man, I've been a celebrity for two and a half years, but now I really feel like one. We were interviewed recently on an episode of Emily Talks. This is a new YouTube series in which the eponymous host, Emily, is, quote, spreading awareness of mental health through sharing my journey with others, unquote. Okay, I like that. And being interviewed was a pleasure. So a link to that episode is posted in my show notes on my Facebook wall. As usual, you know where to go, facebook.com slash Robert Nacer. And uh, just making sure I've got the chat up here because I love the chat. There we go. So yes, Emily Talks with Robert and Amy Nacer. That episode is online. Now, given the topic of mental health, wellness strategies, I had to mention because I've done whole episodes on it, again, in the show notes, positivity and toxic positivity. Now, here's the point I made during the interview. Amy Nacer is fond of observing that we are each on our own journey. And she'll often use that expression in regard to people we've criticized or people we've even broken with, with the implication that their errors aren't necessarily final or not unfixable. And they may well find their way back onto the path of reason and reality. And either way, their path is under their control, not mine. And it's an important point. Yes, we are each on our own journey. And that means we each need to reach our conclusions by our own thinking, independently, firsthand. You know, it's all too easy to ignore or be dismissive of a person's thinking, not their emotions, but their state of mind, the logic they're following. It's too easy to be dismissive when you know their thoughts or their conclusions, they're wrong. And so it's easy to dismiss the fact that, yeah, but that's what they're thinking. It's all too tempting when somebody says, for example, well, I think reality is subjective. It's all too easy to just yell at them, to shout at them. And if you're loud enough, maybe you'll get through. Or just throw a copy of Atlas Shrugged at their head, which works every time it's tried. But what about toxic positivity? Well, that failure to understand their journey that they have, that they are a mind, that's the same mistake we make when we tell people to cheer up at a time when they should be unhappy or to settle down when they should be angry, when they actually have something that's driving them to action. How often does telling somebody settle down work or just get over it when they're deeply grieving a loss? Toxic positivity, this is today's spin on Pollyannaism, is proof that anything can be toxic if approached irrationally, foolishly, out of context, or maliciously. 
Taken literally, though, toxic positivity is a contradiction in terms. If it's toxic, if it's poison, per the Oxford English Dictionary, then it's not positivity. And similarly with other toxicities, and this takes me back. This takes me back to 2019 and toxic masculinity. Being a guy, of course, this hit home for me. Now, in short, toxic masculinity isn't masculinity. You know, in the same way that crony capitalism isn't capitalism. If it's really masculinity, well, then there's no such thing as too much of it or a bad poisonous kind of masculinity. Just like if it's really capitalism, there's no such thing as too much of it or some bad kind of capitalism. And as May West famously and charmingly observed, too much of a good thing can be wonderful. Yes. Oh, speaking of good things, we have our first super chat. So let me take a moment to acknowledge that. Kamicha is in for two euros. Thank you for supporting the Ayn Rand Center UK. Good time to mention if you're not already a member, show a membership link was just posted in the chat. Go to aynrandcenter.co.uk and sign up. Too much of a good thing can be wonderful. So thank you for the super chat there. And the more of that, the better. But now consider for a moment. And here I'm going to ask you to go on, a, this will be a bit of a stretch, but you can do this. Consider for a moment possible ways to fail at masculinity, some so-called failure modes. You know, most obviously there, there's sexual assault and not necessarily rape, but say unwelcome, inappropriate pressure for somebody to be sexual. You know, not Bill Cosby, but Harvey Weinstein or less criminal Louis C.K. And on the more personal side, because I'm a guy and a lot of you are guys and a lot of you gals have seen this, consider more personal failures of masculinity, psychological stoicism, repression, insensitivity, coldness, cruelty, you know, all in the name of being tough, being a man you know, bullying as a way to prove to others and to yourself that you're a man. You know, compare the, if you've seen it, the charming website, if not, you should take a look at the art of masculinity. It's humorous, but it gets a lot right. And it's amusing even when they're wrong. Compare that, the art of masculinity, compare that to the manosphere to the MGTOWs, the men going their own way, or the incels, the involuntarily celibate. Compare that to the pickup artists and the alpha male wannabes. Toxic masculinity. There's no doubt that many of our current cultural philosophical failures and confusions and bad ideologies and bad ideas, a lot of this is toxic, poisonous. Current movements, social justice, the SJWs, wokeism, and the reverse racism, which just means racism, of white fragility. These are the latest manifestations of an ongoing ideological battle. I can't emphasize this enough. This is a battle of ideas. 
And the people who fight on the wrong side, which is most sides now, they really believe this stuff. These are their ideas. They believe this is the way the world is. They really believe it. You know, it's perplexing. It's, it's even frustrating the way the specific movements come and go. We had uh, Occupy Wall Street and the Million Man March and the Million Mama March and the 99% and Taking a Knee and Me Too. And it makes them easy to dismiss. But the overarching trends are substantial and the ideologies are enduring. It's the ideas behind the movements that matter. It's also frustrating that these movements are and just about everything bad in culture and politics is pigeonholed simplistically. Everything you don't like is communist or Nazi or socialist or fascist. Oh, you believe in the minimum wage? That's because you're a communist. You think there's still sexism and racism in the world? Communist. You think cities should have a role in providing fire departments? Communist. Some proponents of feminism may be communists, but the movement as such isn't. It's not a communist movement. You know, some advocates of wokeism may be fascists, but the movement, or at least the rank and file, is not. The valid common denominators of these movements are unreason, altruism, tribalism, collectivism, statism. There's something going on there besides an empty label. So toxic masculinity came and went. Was that really just three years ago? You know, before I continue, I've got to say thank you to Jeff in the chat for $3 Canadian. Jeff Bannister, a constant and consistent sport of the ARC UK. Do appreciate that. And uh, <laughs> love how equal to reality says, there is someone I would love to throw the library of Ayn Rand books at today. I absolutely know that feeling. But a quick question for you in the chat. Could even make it a poll. When I do this show, I often have a cup of coffee. And I do that because on all of my shows, I always have a cup of coffee. It's a trademark thing. But I realize that since Amy no longer does this show with me, if I take a pause to drink coffee, that might be rude. So I want to know from you in the chat, coffee, yes or no? What do you think? Should I ditch the coffee? It's not about the caffeine. Sometimes it's decaf. I just love a hot coffee. But question for you style-wise. Should I give that up and only drink coffee during the Wednesday shows with James Valiant and the Sunday shows with Amy Nacer? Now, in this age, 2020, October 2022, 2023, right around the corner, in this age of cisgendering and misgendering and the pronoun police, gender crimes, this is serious. I kind of miss toxic masculinity. You know, when Gillette Razors was raked over the coals by the right-wing reactionaries for a single television advertisement, caving into the idea that some men, 
you know, a small minority out there, but still some men gave masculinity a bad name. Now, do you think I'm guilty of false equivalency here? Do you think there is no thinking for themselves on the left? Oh, wait, I have to answer the uh, poll here. Should I give up coffee? Good, got my answer in there. <laughs> and I've got to vote for no. I appreciate that. Two cups, not one. This is good. These are the answers. I hope you're not just giving me the answers I wanted to see, but these are the answers I wanted to see equal to realities. Even in the server chat with two pounds, and says, keep the coffee. Coffee is, coffee is life. Coffee is life. That's right. There's not much about coffee in the objectivist literature, but I'm going to see if I can do something about that. Do you think there is no firsthand thinking on the left? Look at what's happening right now between J.K. Rowling and the radical transgender advocacy movement. And by radical, I mean, I really mean reactionary. Most of Joe Rowling's attackers and detractors, they couldn't understand in a million years what Rowling is actually writing and saying. They're reactionaries. They have no idea. Listen to the recent Sam Harris episode about canceling. There's a great story there, the gal who did the documentaries. And then these are documentaries, I would say, sympathetic to Islam and the Middle East. And she's being canceled for being willing to do a documentary on that subject. She's just about driven out of business. She was you know, thrown out of the movie festivals. And uh, she did an episode with Sam Harris. And after the episode, tried to raise 25 grand in order to do the things needed to get this movie that she made into theaters. And she's now raised half a million dollars. It's a great story. Again, the people attacking J.K. Rowling over transgenderism have no idea what she's actually said. Don't care about the substance. She's on the wrong side, and therefore what she's saying must be wrong. So why do I say there's thinking on the left? Well, first of all, J.K. Rowling considers herself a liberal. She is certainly not right-wing. She regards herself as a feminist but she is absolutely against the insanity of what's going on on the fringe there. J.K. Rowling is thinking. Steven Pinker is thinking, and he certainly doesn't regard himself as right-wing. He thinks he's a liberal. Barry Weiss is thinking. Many, many ex-leftists who still regard themselves as liberals, they are thinking, thinking earnestly and honestly and independently and first-handedly. And it's not hard to come up with a list of names. Politicians and authors and intellectuals and celebrities and professors and pundits who no longer fit on the left or the right. People who are thinking. You know, look at the new, new intellectuals. You know, from Ayan Hirsi Ali to Jody Shaw and Sam Harris and Jordan Peterson and Yanmi Park and Jonathan Haidt. And I could name countless more who are really smart, very reasonable people. You know, look at the list of trustees and faculty at the upcoming University of Austin. A link to that is in my show notes. This is the way. This is the way forward. In theory, it's what we as objectivists, all of you, including you awesome people in the chat who acknowledge I should be drinking coffee. Let me take a sip. This is the way. This is the way forward. 
It's what we as objectivists are doing, approaching issues firsthand, thinking about the ideas behind the movements and not just reacting to them. The movements and the news of the day, no, we maintain our own standards of intellectual rigor, ethical integrity, and civilized decorum. So add to that list, the list of rational influencers, the growing list of objectivist intellectuals at universities and at the Ayn Rand Institute and working with the Ayn Rand Center UK and working with other organizations and operating independently. This is not a Pollyanna episode. There are real threats out there, genuinely toxic ideas and behavior, you know, notably wokeism and the so-called social justice movement in the universities and in the corporate boardrooms and deeper socialism, collectivism, statism in politics. Look what just happened in the UK. Liz was a bridge too far. And snake oil medicine in response to the nationalism and hooliganism and conspiracy thinking and demagoguery of today's right in response to the left. The correct model for a rational, effective response, in essence, even if not necessarily your own style, the ideal is Alex Epstein right now, who is able to acknowledge and articulate the concerns of the concerns of environmentalism. You know, one of the secrets to a great debate is if you can give your opposition's arguments better than they can. Alex knows what the issues are, the real issues. And then he shows that if those people actually care about human life on earth, Environmentalism isn't rational. Technology, industry, human progress, including the widespread and growing use of fossil fuels, is the solution. Now, now compare that to the people who mock environmentalism, who mock the environmentalists in ways that flaunt their scientific illiteracy, you know, including a sickening number of people who respond. Oh, it's hubris to believe that we insignificant human beings can have an impact on climate and environment. Some things are toxic, including the manner in which too many people approach the crucial issues of our time. You know, Alex gets it. Human health, safety, prosperity matters. And consequently, industry, technology, progress, and the energy that fuels it all matters. This is the way. And so it's interesting to go back in time, to read the news from 10, 15, 20 years ago and see, well, what's come and gone? You know, some of you may be young enough, you don't remember Occupy Wall Street, the Million Man March, the 99% taking a knee. Well, the Me Too movement, that's recent. But a hundred different protests and rallies and movements and good grief, that's, that's just the left. You know, whatever happened to the Tea Party movement? How did they get replaced by the Proud Boys, the Bronze Age pervert, QAnon in the manosphere? I miss the Tea Party. 
So Michael Sweet is in the super chat. Thank you with $5 to the end of toxic ideas, also called stupidity. I tried to go a little further than that, but I can't argue with that. We are talking about stupidity too. And Anthony Monahan is in for 249 euro. Thank you for that. And says, any views on Victor Davis Hanson? Um, definitely a thinker. But yeah, I no no particular views. I would have to do a little research before I could say something intelligent about somebody as intelligent as that. Uh, again, it's interesting to me to go back in time and and think about the movements that I have lived through, that I've seen come and go, and then consider the ones that we're facing today. I mean, hopefully today's latest protesters, these these crazy just stop oil lunatics you know, crazy gluing themselves to the roadways and art gallery walls while throwing soup at and, you know, fortunately, well-protected artworks that were behind protective glass. <sighs> Hopefully those people will receive their comeuppance. You know, a few years in jail should do it. And then go away as quickly as many of the other recent movements, which we've already forgotten. The best way to manage real toxicity is to avoid it when you can. For Christ's sake, we've got lives to live and fight it. First and foremost, with clarity, mental, psychological, ethical clarity, when you must. And when you fight toxic ideas, fight it like it matters. And not just for catharsis or worse, for amusement. Fight it for real in ways that matter, ways that have an impact, an impact on you, on your own, on real life, and on your allies and your adversaries. And yes, ultimately on your sphere of influence, the culture, the whole world. I know we all want to blow off steam and have fun at the expense of people who so much deserve to be mocked. You have that right. Just be careful that when you laugh at the abyss, you don't find yourself breathing in the darkness. Reactionaries are marionettes. Don't ever let yourself be a puppet. Or to change the metaphor, don't let your adversaries live rent-free in your head. You know, a while back, Amy Naser wrote, Fighting the left while acting like a bunch of lowlifes doesn't cut it. So in response, when I shared that, I was asked, why should we be polite to nihilistic evil people? Good question. That one deserves a sip of coffee. To which I replied, it's simple. I rarely interact with nihilistic evil people except when I'm fighting them. Most of the people I'm interacting with, arguing with, most of my opposition, they're not nihilistic evil people. They are thinkers with the wrong ideas. I rarely interact with nihilistic evil people except when I'm fighting them. And when I'm fighting them, whether in the press or in the streets, not really fisticuffs anymore, more protest signs, on the steps of the Capitol building or on the internet, in forums, comment sections, social media. I'm not polite. I'm not reasonable and gracious and intelligent and articulate and dignified. 
not because they deserve it. I'm reasonable because I deserve it. I'm reasonable because the issues deserve it. And I'm reasonable because I set the standards, not them. And either rational, civilized standards win the day or nothing does. The answer to toxicity is applied reason, purpose, and self-esteem. Being a consistently rational, self-respecting, a deeply moral, and a decent person. The antidote to toxicity is applied reason, purpose, and self-esteem. And this perspective is certified non-toxic, safe and effective for users of all ages. Side effects may include success and happiness and a magnificent life on earth. <laughs>